0: Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Previously, we examined some events that happened before the Battle of Badr and how these events led to the Battle of Badr. We examined, for instance, how the Muslims would monitor the activities of Quraysh, they would send caravans from Mecca north to Palestine, to the Syrian region to do business and the Muslims were monitoring that and putting pressure on Quraysh that if you continue your your aggression, you continue the persecution of Muslims, we will take action and there were a number of expeditions authorized by the Prophet to go to those caravans and stop their way, and to even eventually reclaim some of the money that was confiscated from them. Now, in the middle of the month of Jama'di al Ula, which is one of the months in the Islamic calendar, it's the fifth month of the Islamic calendar, the Prophet ﷺ left the city. Of Medina and he was present in that expedition. Now remember if the Prophet he himself is present in an expedition, what do we call that in Arabic? Ghazwa and if he's not present he stays in Medina, what do we call it? Sariyya, so this is called a Ghazwa because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi himself was present. Now he gave the banner in this expedition to his uncle Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib and he kept in Medina as his representative a man by the name of Abu Salama ibn Al Asad, the Prophet told him stay in Medina to be my representative. Notice that the Prophet whenever he would leave, even if it's a few days, he would keep someone in Medina to represent him. That in itself tells you a lot about the future and the whole discussion on whether the Prophet left this world without a representative or not. The Prophet would leave a few days, he'd leave, he'd appoint a person to be his representative. Is it possible that before he passes away, he's not going to appoint who would represent him? So Abu Salama ibn Abdul Asad would represent the Prophet in Medina. Now the Prophet leaves with about 150 of his companions. They had 30 camels with them in this expedition. They go to a place called That Al Ashira and the reason why the Prophet goes there is because the caravan of Abu Sufyan was passing. Abu Sufyan, one of the leaders of Quraysh, he was in a caravan carrying the wealth of Quraysh because they would do business, trading and bartering, so he, that he was the one leading that caravan. So the muslims went to intercept that caravan to, uh, to apply pressure on Quraysh. So they reach a place called that Al-Ashira. Ammar ibn Yasir narrates some interesting incidents that happened in that Al-Ashira. <coughs> he says when the Prophet Sallallahu settled and camped in that area, he says I went with Ali ibn Abi Talib to work with Beni Midlij who were working in the area. They had farmlands and there was a well or a spring of water. He says, we went there to do some work. We got tired, so we slept by the well. Then we realized the Prophet sallallahu was there to wake us up. He came to me and Ali ibn Abi Talib and he asked us to wake up. But this is how the Prophet ﷺ addressed Imam Ali. ﷺ. He says Ali ibn Abi Talib was sleeping on the bare ground and his cheek was on the dust. So when the Prophet ﷺ asked him to get up and he woke him up, he told him, ya Aba Turab, O father of dust, get up. The Prophet gives him this honorary title. Then the Prophet tells Imam Ali, وسلم, should I tell you about the most wretched, miserable people? He said, yes. He said, the first one from the previous civilizations is the one who killed the camel of Salih. In the story of that camel with Thamud, he is a wretched person. Because Allah miraculously created the, them the she camel from the mountain and he went and he violated the law of God and he killed the camel. And the most wretched one from this ummah is the one, O oh Ali, who shall strike you and kill you. And the Prophet touches the head of Imam Ali and the beard of Imam Ali and he tells him he will stain your beard with blood. Now the Prophet sallallahu alaihi calls him Aba Turab. This is a very important hadith, because you find that the Umayyads, the Umayyad dynasty, who came after Imam Ali they would constantly cite this hadith to attack Imam Ali. They're like, yeah see, the Prophet called him Abu Turab, the father of dust, dust has no value and he's the father of dust. In other words, the Prophet was humiliating Imam Ali, this was their argument in order to defame Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib. And then you get other fabrications in history. See, this is the story that I mentioned, which is in our Sira books, Sunni and Shia. This is where the Prophet called Imam Ali السلام, the father of dust. And Imam Ali actually would say this is the most honorable title the Prophet gave me. I love this title of Abu Turab. So you see fabrications surfacing after the Prophet. I'll share with you a couple. Seerah Halabiyyah, one of the works on the Seerah of the Prophet states, whenever Imam Ali alayhi salam would get upset with Lady Fatima, alayhi salam, he would go and put his head in dust because he was so upset with her. So the Prophet would see him doing that. The Prophet would tell him, get up O father of dust, because he had a fight with Lady Fatima. Ibn Hisham and Al-Bidayah wa al they narrate the following. Once Imam Ali and Lady Fatima got into an argument, they were upset at each other. Imam Ali went to the masjid and he slept in the masjid, he didn't sleep in his house that night. The Prophet realized that there's a problem between Imam Ali and Lady Fatima, so he found Imam Ali resting on the dust on the ground, he told him get up O father of dust. We see these fabrications to defame Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam Imam Ali, he himself testifies, there is a book called Al-Manaqib by the scholar Al-Khawarizmi he quotes Imam Ali Alayhis Salaam stating, Imam Ali says, I swear by Allah, never ever did I anger Fatima and never ever did she anger me. Whose words should I take? Imam Ali or these fabrications that came afterwards? Imam Ali alayhi salam never had a dispute with Lady Fatima alayhi salam. in fact Lady Fatima alayhi salam, in her final words to Imam Ali when she was giving him the final will, she states Ama, ma never did you see me lying in my life never did I betray you khalaftuka and you know Ali never did I Disobey you even once since we started living with one another. So Imam Ali is testifying they never had an argument. They never angered one another. And Lady Fatima is testifying. How can we accept such fabrications? These fabrications were made by the Umayyads for political reasons. You know why they insisted that Imam Ali angered Lady Fatima? Number one, they wanted to justify how the wives of the Prophet would anger him. Because even in Sunni works of history, some of the wives of the Prophet would anger the Prophet. Now we Shia say, look, if they're angering the Prophet, how can they be our role models and leaders? Why should I take my religion from someone who's angering the Prophet? They're like, oh yeah, you follow Imam Ali, well, Lady Fatima would anger him too. So it's not a big deal if the wives of the Prophet angered him like Aisha and Hafsa, and the Quran condemns them in Surah Al-Tahreem. Fatima did the same thing. So we have similar belief systems. See, it was politically motivated to justify for the wives of the Prophet. Number two, and this is the fundamental point. Bukhari narrates that the Prophet says Allah is pleased with the pleasure of Fatima and angered for the anger of Lady Fatima. We use this hadith against who? The first two. Umar and Abu Bakr because we say Lady Fatima died and she was excessively angry at them. Bukhari Bukhari narrates, Fatima, Fatima died and she was angry at Umar and Abu Bakr. And we say, well, if Fatima is angered you know from two people, from anyone, then the Prophet is angered. If the Prophet is angered, Allah is angered. Now if Allah is angered with someone. Imagine their fate, in order to kind of undermine this whole idea here, they're like, you know what, Imam Ali also angered Lady Fatima, are you going to condemn him too? Why are you condemning the first two Caliphs and not Imam Ali? When Imam Ali also would get into fights with Fatima. See, in order to disqualify this approach that we have, they accused Imam Ali of angering her, it was politically motivated otherwise there is not a single sahih hadith that Imam Ali and Lady Fatima ever had a fight with each other, never. And the real incident of the Prophet calling Imam Ali the father of dust was the was the expedition of that Al Ashira before the battle of Bad. In that expedition the Prophet sallallahu alaihi told him the father of Turab. Now Ibn Abbas sheds light on what the father of dust means. Ibn Abbas, in, in, a, in one hadith, he narrates when someone by the name of Abaya ibn Rib'i asked him, Ibn Abbas, what does Abu Turab mean? Why was Imam Ali called Abu Turab? Why did the Prophet call him that? Basically, Ibn Abbas narrates the following He says, Because Imam Ali is the owner of the earth, the master of the earth. He's the proof of God on the earth. So he has the greatest right to the earth. And then he mentions a hadith from the Prophet. It's a very interesting hadith. He says, I heard from the Prophet Sallallahu states when the day of judgment comes, and the disbeliever sees what Allah has prepared for the Shia, meaning those who truly followed Imam Ali alayhi salam. He basically takes the dust and he says, ya kuntu turaba. I wish I was dust. Why? Because Ali is the father of dust. Ali is the leader, the follower, and it's as if, Shia, if the Shia are the dust that belongs to this father, so the kafir would say I wish I was dust to be saved like the Shia would be saved, Ibn Abbas says I heard this from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi yes, is this the tafsir of the last verse of Surah Al-Naba? yeah this is in Surah Al-Naba, this is the ta'wil, it's another dimension of the tafsir, the, the tafsir, the apparent meaning when the unbeliever sees the punishment coming towards him, he's like I wish I was dust and non-existent, so that I would not have to go through this punishment. But a deeper layer as Ibn Abbas narrates, is that he says, I wish I was dust because Imam Ali is the father of dust, I wish I was a follower of Ali ibn Abi Talib, so today he could be symbolically my father. By the way, let me share with you these lines of poetry. Abdul al Umari was a famous Arab poet and he is from the progeny of Umar ibn al-Khattab, that's why he's called Umari. He has beautiful lines of poetry in Arabic in which he talks about the title Abu Turab, I'd like to share it with you. He's now describing the qualities of Imam Ali. He's the son in law of the Prophet, the cousin and the brother. يَا أَنْتَ يَا أَنْتَ وابن عمه واخوه He's saying you have these positions when it comes to the Prophet sallallahu <inaudible> 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 There are so many secrets embedded in you, but most people do not know these secrets. <inaudible> <inaudible> you are the second father. When we talk about ancestry and lineage, you are actually the second father. He says Allah has created Adam from dust, so Adam is the son of the dust and you are his father because the Prophet called you the father of dust. This is a Sunni man from the line of Umar ibn khattab praising Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib in such a beautiful way. And finally another reason why Imam Ali was called the father of dust, because of, because of his excessive sujood and worship on the dust. When he would do sujood to Allah, the Imam did not pray on a fancy carpet. The Imam would put his forehead on the dust on the ground and because of that he was called Abu Turab. Uh, did you have something to say? Yes. So if this happened, uh, the actual hadith where Rasulullah gave him the Maqad before the battle of Badr. And that means that this happened even before his marriage to Lady Fatima, right? Yes, this incident that happened before the battle of Badr was before Imam Ali was married to Lady Fatima. So the Prophet gave him that title even before they were married, which is even proof that this has nothing to do with the marital disputes. Absolutely. We also have... This might be a stretch, but do we have proof of anybody referring to him by that uh, title before marriage? No, before the, you mean before the marriage? Well, Ammar ibn Yasir, he's, he's narrating that. He says, before the battle of Badr, when the Prophet gave him that title, Imam Ali was known by that title. Ammar ibn Yasir is actually witnessing. The Umayyads came later, and they wanted to defame Imam Ali, so they twisted the meaning of Abu Turab into a negative meaning.